the Green Party has championed universal basic income. Uh, a couple of elections ago, we called it guaranteed livable income. Same thing. Uh, this is the cushion that keeps people out of poverty. Welcome to the ballot box. Katrina Wright. Welcome back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast, The Ballot Box. We are in the ballot box for the very last time of the series for this 44th general election. And today we are bringing in a guest from here in the heart of Calgary, Calgary Rocky Ridges, Green Party of Canada candidate for, well, uh, Green Party of Canada candidate for the Calgary Rocky Ridge riding, Miss Katerina Wright. Katerina, thank you so much for doing this. This is an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if anyone who's listened to the show before, they know what the first question is out of my mouth is, and you are no exception. Where does your sense of duty to serve come from, Katerina? That is a very good question. Duty to serve. Um, for some reason in me, I feel like I need to be involved in helping the entire world solve its problems, get along, end poverty. Um fix the environment and um i don't know i think this is something inside me that has grown over time definitely developed when i had children and grew from there um i still don't feel like the mission is complete because of course we keep uh we have so much more work to do um yeah, so, not sure. so I got to ask the question that because you can give back in many different ways, you can serve in many different ways, whether it be volunteerism, whether it be nonprofits, you've chosen the path of politics, elected uh, politics. Uh, before we get into this election, I got to know, was politics something discussed at the dinner table as a child growing up? Or are you sort of the oddball in the family who sort of chose the elected politics route? Yep, I'm the only one. <laughs> um, my dad got involved in politics when he moved back to Britain, uh, did uh, door knock Labour Party over there. But uh, other than that, politics was never discussed that I can remember at all. So... In, 20, in in 2021, you have decided to put your name forward for the Green Party of Canada. Uh, I've got to ask the question, what does the Green Party of Canada mean to you in your own words? Uh, this is my third time running in the federal election. And the Green Party actually is a very good match to my own personal values. So uh, if you don't know already, the Green Party is actually a global organization. There is Green Parties in, I think, 180 countries. Um, and we all adhere to the same values. Um, I don't know if I can spout all of them out, but there's a list. Uh, ecological. They, but you said that it matches your values. What are your values that are represented within the Green Party of Canada? Right. Uh, so nonviolence, I feel it is so important to try and end the wars across the world to uh, help people communicate with each other so they understand. Um, I feel it's so important to protect and save our environment, our beautiful world. Uh, stop discriminating, discriminating, I can't say that word at all. Apologies. <laughs> 
discriminating against people based on uh, what they look like, uh, sexual orientation, et cetera. Um, it is so important. We have such promise as humans uh, to have this better world. And all of us are part of this. And I want all of us to work together to achieve it. So we are we are literally five days away from election day. I have to just check my calendar here. You have probably talked to the people of Calgary, Rocky Ridge. Uh, I, I know with COVID-19, it's probably looking a little bit more differently than your last two elections that you ran in. But what are you hearing from the people of Calgary, Rocky Ridge? What are the concerns that they're bringing to you when you're talking to them? Um, it's an interesting election this time. There is definitely more awareness of climate change by far than the last two elections. I think it has helped uh, the cause because we've had another fully smoky summer. Most of the rest of the world has been on fire. There's been floods everywhere. We can see climate change all around us. So people are aware that this is happening. Um, people are still needing jobs still needing jobs. There's so much of that. Um, I really, really hope that the government in power does more to diversify the economy so that we have new industries come in to help everybody get back to work. Now, you talked about climate change. Uh, you are a Green Party of Canada candidate running in one of the most conservative provinces, I would say, in Canada. Um, traditionally, and I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here, people think green, people might think that you are going to close down the oil and gas industry right away if elected. What is your opinion on the oil and gas industry? And yet again, I'm playing devil's advocate because I've had many green candidates on and I want to know where they stand on this. So where do you stand on the oil and gas industry? And how do we, as you've just said, diversify into a green economy. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. As soon as you talk to a conservative, they immediately talk about running shoes, uh, that, which is very interesting to me. So giving up oil does not mean giving up running shoes. Um, we want to get rid of the stuff that we burn. Okay. Just the, th the stuff that's going into the air. This does not include the petrochemical industry. That is not the industry we are shutting down. It is very important that we reduce emissions, specifically from the oil sands, uh, specifically coal. Uh, the, everything that comes out of our car tailpipes, uh, get rid of methane. So there's lots of methane that comes out of industry, but uh, methane from cows. So yes, we can feed cows seaweed, but uh, having our cows also be local, uh, healthy, happy cows would be great as well. Um, there's refrigerants. We don't talk about refrigerants very much, so that's not part of the oil industry. But um, if you follow drawdown, refrigerants are actually the number one way we can reduce our emissions. Uh, I think. I Sorry, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask the follow-up question because I've I've never heard someone say that before, and I could be just my mind could be blanking for a second. But what do you mean by refrigerants? So everything that the coolants that are in your refrigerator and your air conditioner. These are climate uh, damaging gas, gas, I don't know if they're gases, but uh, climate damaging. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what we, so sorry, continue on. Mm -hmm. 
definitely one of the things we could do. I know I drifted away from the oil sands. So the Green Party, there's people out there that says, yes, shut the oil sands off tomorrow, but we can't do that because we are oil dependent. It is a transition. And the important thing is not sit there and say, oh, I think I'll transition. It is to start the transition. The thing we are getting held back on is actually starting, seriously starting and seriously having action. Right now, we could start, uh, if the plan is in place, uh, person by person, industry by industry, section by section, helping everybody to transition to new positions, make sure everybody has the training they need, making sure families are secure and stable. These things so need to What is step one? In your opinion, what is step one? Because uh, we have five major parties putting forward. I just trying to do basic math in my head of which parties are have put forward plans. We have uh, an, an earth that is warming. Uh, I think we've all read the IPCC report and it says that if we do not change things 20 years ago, we are heading towards a climate disaster. And well, that was 20 years ago. And let's be honest, we are seeing the, the heat rise and wildfires and floodings occur on a regular basis now. What is step one? What is step one, in your opinion, to start tackling climate change seriously? Um, having everybody on board uh, as much as possible, but uh, industry by industry, I think going for the easiest low-hanging fruit first, whatever that may be. Um, I feel like it's the possibly the solar installers, but maybe there's an easier one than that. Maybe it's uh, upgrading people's houses so that they're energy efficient. Right. Um, now, when when you're talking to the people of Calgary Rocky Ridge and you're pitching yourself, are they are they open to the thought of hey, let's put solar panels, let's upgrade our houses to make them more energy efficient, or is there still that pushback? Because I know uh, when I, I talk to conservative voters and there's some pushback of, oh, the climate change is not real. Hey, hey humans aren't causing climate change. It's still the way it is. So when you're talking to people of Calgary, Rocky Ridge, are they open to the ideas of climate change and how we can tackle them? Yes, the majority of people are open to this. So I came across and heard about a research study that was done recently that was a very good survey of people in Calgary and their opinions. And approximately 75% of people in this survey are really, really wanting this transition to happen, fully believe in climate change. There is 25% that think the oil industry will go on forever and we are crazy. But that percentage is totally the minority, totally the minority. They are, yeah, the greater majority by far knows that climate change is serious. And a good portion of these people are actually very, very worried, very scared for the future. So um, for, for jobs, for prosperity, for our environment, we must start the transition, not just sit and hope that things will be okay. We must actually act. 
we we talked about diversification there earlier on in the interview, probably a few minutes ago, about 10 minutes ago. I want to know, what would you like to see the economy move towards and what type, like we talked about solar panels and all that, but what exactly are you looking at as a way that we can diversify our energy industry plus our diversify our reliance on oil and gas? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I listened to another study a couple of years ago that said it's fully, we are fully able in Alberta to transition our electrical system to be fossil free. Uh, right now, I know a lot of our coal plants are switching to natural gas. Unfortunately, fracked natural gas has the same uh, carbon footprint as coal. Uh, so we do need to put in more wind, more solar, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, geothermal is an untapped resource. We have umpteen abandoned wells. Most of these, well, I don't know if most is uh, uh, too much of an exaggeration or not, but uh, we can have geothermal plants. We can even have small-scale geothermal greenhouses. Um, We need to change our food system, so there's definitely a way of transitioning from uh, mass chemical-laden agriculture to more local uh, farms, permaculture, regenerative agriculture are the two ways to go that can trap carbon in the soil. Um, We want as many people growing food in their backyards as possible, Uh, and their front yards too. Um, Definitely, there's tech industries as well. I know I'm going the natural, but... uh, Artificial intelligence has been growing for sure. We have lots of different uh, new ideas coming up. Um, whatever. No, and I appreciate that. But uh, I just for cautious of time, because I, I just looked at the clock and I can't believe we're already 15 minutes into this. But uh, I want to know what the, the biggest elephant in the room that the next government, the next MPs will have to deal with is COVID-19. What are you hearing at the Hopefully door when soon. it comes? Oh, pardon me. Oh, you froze for a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just saying that uh, one of the one of the big things that the next government will have to deal with is COVID-19, the recovery from this pandemic. Are you hearing concerns around how we have to recover as a country and not just individually, how we have to make sure that everyone gets a fair shot? What are you hearing at the doorsteps when it comes to COVID-19? Yeah, I think, again, as a mixed, there's a real variety of opinions out there for sure about this. Um, a lot, I think a lot of people are really, really happy to that the economy has opened up again, regardless of the high climbing numbers. But anyway, um, I think... Definitely moving forward as a group to make sure nobody is left behind is really, really important. Along, a lot of people do feel this is important, uh, especially over COVID. Uh, people may or may not remember that uh, thousands of Indigenous children have been buried away from their families. Uh, different things like this, like we must take this as an opportunity to transition part of our society as well as make sure that uh, we can deal with ending poverty, all kinds of stuff. Um, Bringing in a... Go ahead. Uh, The Green Party has championed universal basic income. Uh, 
couple of elections ago, we called it guaranteed livable income. Same thing. Uh, this is the cushion that keeps people out of poverty. Um, instead of having all these mishmash things, people can't work if they're getting welfare, all the kinds of different rules. We need this in place to make sure that everybody is okay and nobody has to feel the stress of falling through the cracks. And I appreciate that because when I talk to Calgarians, Canadians, I hear that they don't want to fall through the cracks. And I hope the next government, if you are part of that or if part of uh, the group of MPs in Ottawa, I hope you ensure that people don't fall through the cracks. I want to also take a moment and talk about a subject you just brought up, which was the Indigenous children that are still being discovered to this day in residential school graveyards and i and i use that word lightly because it's it it's murder let's just call it what it is it is murder of our indigenous children um when you're out talking to calgarians when you're out hearing from rocky ridge voters is this an issue that's still on top of their minds and if not are you making it an issue that people are thinking about I do try and bring it up when I'm out and about, uh, if I get the chance. I must say, it's every when this was first out in the media, it was very, very strongly felt among so many people, and everybody is still aware. However, the way the awareness has fallen off, I would say quite a bit, which is terrible because it's still an ongoing thing. We still must work to help. Indigenous people with healing and reconciliation. Thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that subject up at the doorsteps and talking about it. Um, I want to talk for a moment now about um, you as an MP. If elected on Monday, you will be the first Green MP for the city of Calgary, for the province of Alberta. How will you ensure and how will you be able how will you ensure to your residents and your constituents that you will listen to all opinions and not just those who have voted for you yeah and this i think is a very important job of an mp a hard job to do because there is a lot out there um i do feel so strongly about listening to all sides and making sure all sides feel heard so this would involve a lot of hard work a lot of visiting people at their doors uh having public engagement town halls uh lots of different meetings lots of conversations making sure emails are answered as much as possible uh just being there for people because uh People need to know that their MP does care, uh, regardless of who they are. Now, on the flip side of that, you will be a green MP and you will have liberals come to you, conservatives come to you, NDP come to you, People Party of Canada, Mavericks come to you. A swath of people come to you with their opinions and how they wish you to vote on issues. For transparency and accountability, how will you ensure that you are accountable to the people who have elected you? Because you were there to represent your constituents, but also you were there as the Green MP. So how do you balance that out, the needs of your constituents and against the needs of what you believe you should be doing? 
think it is a balance. Uh, the Green Party does not whip votes, which means I am fully free to represent my constituents. Um, as far as I can tell, I would probably go with the majority rule. Uh, if the majority decides they want to build a pipeline right through Calgary Rocky Ridge, apparently that's what we're going to do. Although I hope by uh, developing relationships with all of the citizens as many as I can, that we would be able to get to a place of understanding where we would get together and agree that perhaps that would not be a very good idea. Now, I, I, I would love to, I would love for the people of Calgary Rocky Ridge to direct message me right after this and say, yes, we want a pipeline through our constituents. I would it would just be an honor to see, see that. Um, but I, I got to ask the follow up question to that, because September 19th to September 20th, 21st, sorry, 21st, the day after the election. You have been declared the winner of Calgary Rocky Ridge. What is priority number one going to be for you as the newly MP designate for the riding of Calgary Rocky Ridge? Rather, uh, after I pass out from the shock of it, because it would be a true miracle. Um, I think immediately start with communications with everybody um, because they need to know that I do care. I do care. I want all of us to work together. So start right away trying to get that to work, whatever that looks like. Um, I assume MPs also have to hire staff and uh, stuff like that. I, I love when some people say that they'll take time off. You're, you're just going to dive right into it, aren't you? Because it seems like you're a go-getter and you seem like you want to learn and educate yourself right from day one. <laughs> exactly. I, I would be a newbie coming to Ottawa. So definitely there's a lot to learn. So yeah, not, not a vacation. No. Um, I'll take a moment right now and talk to the people of Calgary or Rocky Ridge why should you be the next MP for the riding of Calgary Rocky Ridge? I should be the next MP because I see the world differently, more differently than the other candidates. I really, really do. I do see the world with hope. Um, I can work very, very hard to make sure that everybody does feel included does feel like they are cared about and making sure that we can transition our world so that everybody is included and nobody is left behind and that we all get along. Now, in order to get elected, you need people to vote for you. And I guarantee you there's somebody yelling at their screen right now or on their car stereo, listening to this tomorrow morning, yelling, saying, why didn't you ask this question? How can people reach out and ask you questions that I haven't talked about here today in our 25 minute conversation so far? You can definitely send me an email. Uh, it's C-A-T-R-I-O-N-A dot. W-R-I-G-H-T at greenparty.ca. So I would love to hear from people. If you have heard this, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So please reach out and say hello. Um, if, you, if you really object to any of my comments about running shoes, I apologize in advance. That was just an example. Um, 
um, for those who are listening and those who are watching the link to Katarina's uh, uh, email address, Twitter, and if I'm not mistaken, Facebook page as well are in the show notes. So please reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Um, Katarina, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I know you have other things to do tonight. So even taking 30 minutes out of your day today and sitting down and doing this has been an honor and a pleasure. But before you do go, I will say this to my viewers and to my listeners once again. Monday is election day. If you do not vote, you do not have a voice. If you do not vote, you do not get to complain on Twitter and Facebook. If you do not vote, you do not get to complain for the next two and a half years, four years until the next election. Get out, get educated, learn who the candidates are. We have great people like Katarina who's running. We have great candidates who are running across this province, across this country. So get out get educated and vote for the person who's most best going to represent you, your values and your morals. Katarina, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for putting your name forward. Have yourself an excellent rest of the night. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Bye. So be before I leave, before you leave, I do have something else I need to follow up with, but I just want to just say goodbye to my listeners and my viewers. So just stick with me for two minutes and I'll be right with you. Okay. Again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, this is the last interview. This is the last interview for the ballot box for a while. This is going to be our last interview until Sunday at noon when we're going to be sitting down and discussing the last 36 days of the federal election. And then Monday, we will be live at 7 p.m. here on YouTube talking about the election, election, elections. So for everyone here, for everyone who has tuned in, thank you so much. Um, I will be back Sunday at noon to talk about the last uh, the election period and then Monday at 7 p.m. So please tune in. So with that, without further further ado, I want to thank you. Keep on talking and remember, get out and vote. The Ballot Box was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated.